Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going verse by verse through the book of John. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. John 14, and uh, we've been going through this book looking at the life of Jesus. Now this is in the, this would be like on Thursday evening, Friday, right where Jesus was ready to go out to the Garden of Gethsemane, just to put it in the right timeline for all of us to understand. And because we think it's, because we, as we study the entirety of of the Bible, God's Word, You're going to get a rounded understanding of what God is saying. Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word today, ask you to bless it. Open our eyes. Give us unction, inspiration that comes only from you. And thank you again, God, that you are alive and well, working in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. When we look at John 14, verse 15, Jesus says this, If you love me, keep my commandments. Well, actually, we find a couple of commandments. They came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus responded, love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit. And he said, the second is likened unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. For he said, upon these two hang all the law and the prophets. Everything that the Old Testament law was about, what the prophets were saying was to love God and love your fellow man. But there was one other thing that Jesus said to do. They came to him and they said, Jesus, what must we do to inherit eternal life? And you know what Jesus told them? Believe that the Father has sent me. I like that. It wasn't what we should be doing. It's what God has done for us. And friends, that's really what the gospel message is. The gospel message isn't get out there and get busy, and, you know, polish those hudcaps and really let people know you're, you're one of his. What the Bible says is we just come to him, we accept him as our savior, and what we're going to find in today's study, God's desire for us. You know, last week we talked about our New Year's resolutions. Most time, by this time, or maybe another week, most of the New Year's resolutions that we made on the 1st or the 2nd of January, they're gone. You know, well, I'm not going to eat so much. And we go, well, I sure like those Doritos at, you know, Super Bowl, so give me another bag. You know, all of our health desires, health food, all that stuff, that's all gone now. We're, 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 We're back to our old ritual. Well, there is some things, though, in our New Year's resolutions that I think we have to think about. We have to think about the year we just lived and the year we're going into. What differences would I like to see in this year versus last year? Well, one of the things that we find as we realize, and we shared this last week, the very first verse, let not your heart be troubled. There's a lot of things that bring instability in our lives. But when God is in control, God brings peace into our hearts. And and that's how we can have peace in a world where there is no peace because we recognize the hand of God 
in our life. If you don't have a relationship with Christ today, the Bible says you are an orphan. You are fatherless. And there's nothing worse and there's nothing more sad than not having a father. Now, many of you may have never met your earthly father. Maybe your father deserted your mother when you were very young. Maybe you never knew your father. Maybe your father had died. The Bible tells us we have a father in heaven who loves us. And by the way, oftentimes we want to pattern our life after something that we've seen or something we know. And I think this is one of the tragedies that we find today in a society that we have where it's completely broken down, where we're getting our ideals from Hollywood. Because tonight, as an example, they have the Academy Awards. Do you know what that's really all about? Who is the biggest faker? You're the best faker. Here's an award for it. The best actor. You know the word for actor in the Greek where we get much of our New Testament from? The word for actor is the word hypocrite. Hypocrite. It's the one that can be one thing but fake like you're something else. And if you're getting your ideas and values from a society that's based upon fads, you're always going to be misled. But we have a Father in heaven who we can look to to get the right value system for our lives. Again, if you didn't have a dad, you'd say, well, I want to be a dad. I am a dad. I don't know how to pattern my life to be a good father for my kids. Well, you look to your Father in heaven. He's the one that gives you the directive of what we need to do. Now, as we read this in John 14, and by the way, friends, this is one of my most favorite chapters in the Bible. They're all great. All God's Word is inspired. But this is one in particular that my mom really felt so pressed in her heart that we would have this ingrained in us, that she made us memorize John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will go, come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, in the way you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. She felt that that was so important that that would be ingrained in us. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. You know, in that verse, and that's John 14, 6, Jesus categorically said, every religion of the world is false. Whoa. You talk to people and they go, oh, who's Jesus? Oh, he's a great, he's one of the greats, man. Buddha, Muhammad, Jesus, you know, had a lot of really cool stuff to say. Really? Well, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, no one comes to the Father but by me. Now, you got to remember something. Jesus said this to people who were religious. We remember in John chapter 3, Nicodemus, a religious leader, came to Jesus by night, wanting to know about eternal life. And Jesus said, I tell you, you must be born again. He didn't say, just continue being really religious, man. You know, help blind dogs across the street, wax your cat. Hey, you'll make it. Didn't say that. What he said 
You must be born again. It is a requirement. Now, why is that? Because something went wrong, horribly wrong, in the Garden of Eden. If you remember, God said, don't eat of the tree. The serpent says, well, God just don't want you to be like he is. You eat of this tree, you'll have wisdom, and you'll, 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 you'll be a god yourself someday. There's still religions around that are telling people that. I can't believe that. But eat of the tree, and you'll be a god yourself. And Adam and Eve ate of the tree and broke fellowship with God. That was restored in Jesus Christ. You must be born again. Now, the reason why we're going over this is because what the rest of John chapter 14 has to say, what God's desire for us is. I always want to know what that is. In fact, I've always told people, when you read the Bible, find yourself in it. Who are you? When you read the Bible, who are you in the Scripture? Now, when the Hebrews would read Scripture, they would read it, obviously, for what it says. Then they would read the spiritual application of what they read, and then they would read it for the prophetic understanding of what it says. Now, the Bible, the Word of God is, the Bible says, alive, more powerful than any two-edged sword. Now, the reason why that's important is it isn't just ink on paper, but the Jewish people actually believe that this book is as much alive as you are. And even though it doesn't have blood and corpuscles and veins and all those kinds of things, it's just every bit as much alive. Now, you may have noticed this in your own life, how you can read the Bible, and you'll read it, and it'll minister to you. It'll say something to you. And then... Whatever may be happening in your life, you'll read that same passage again, and it says something new to you. Why is that? That's because the Word of God's alive. So in other words, somebody can't say, well, been there, done that, read it, I know it. No, God's always got something new to say to you. And I really believe in that still, small voice is where we hear God. You know, a lot of times this was a problem that Elijah had. He was up on the mountain looking for God's voice. The Bible says a wind came along and was blowing so hard, it was ripping the rocks out of the side of the mountain, but God's voice wasn't in that. In fact, it lists several other things that were going on, and the Bible says it was in none of those monumentous things, but it was in the still, small voice. We talked about that last week, when you belong to God. When you belong to God, all kinds of amazing things happen. God speaks to us. And God speaking to us may be contrary to what everybody else is telling you. That's why Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Now, one of the things you'll find is those unctions that come from God. In other words, there is something that's going to further the kingdom of God. You can't shake it. You try to think it away and imagine it away and, oh, that must be indigestion or whatever. And you keep getting this burden on your heart to do something for God. I want to tell you something, friends. That's probably God. Now, again, acquaintance with God's word is what lets you know whether it's from you, God, or the devil. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. You acquaint yourself with God's word, you're going to know daddy's voice. If you don't know God's word, then any voice seems believable. So we always want to go back to have that standard of who 
God's voice is in our life. You've acquainted yourself with daddy's voice. And we talked about this, I believe, last week, how in a room full of children, you hear a certain sound of a kid crying. Mama goes, that's mine. How do you know that? Well, it's because they've been around that kid 24-7 for the last few years. They know that vocal pattern. They can pick that child out in a crowd of screaming children. They know, what? That one's mine. Well, you know what? That's the same way it is with God. We acquaint ourselves with God's voice. There's a lot of sound going on, but we go, oh, that's daddy's voice. Don't ever let go of that because that's so important in our Christian experience. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. Those are the works that we've got to do. Now, again, friends, this is so simple that they deliberately want to mess it up. This is where false religions come in. Now, they got you doing all kinds of things, reciting mantras and joining their organizations and going to classes and psychedelicizing you and all the stuff they got you got, you know, out there doing to somehow give you what God has given you for free. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. Jesus, what must we do to have everlasting life? Believe that the Father has sent me. Okay, I can do that. Now what? Love God, love your fellow man. This is what the Bible is about. Now the Bible tells us how to love our fellow man. It tells us how to love God. Those are important things. I mean, I don't want to do things. I mean, because we have our own concepts of love. Have you ever noticed that? What people think love is? Uh, you know, I, I, when you're five years old and you got a crush on your next door neighbor. I had that happen to me when I was a little boy. And, and, and her name was Susan, and she lived next door, and she was really cute, and, and, and I think she was four, and I was five, and I wanted to show her how much I cared about her, and I gave her my frog. Now, I don't think she was nearly as impressed with that as I was. I saw a cartoon in the newspaper. He goes, I know I'm going away to college. And honey, I want to give you something that really expresses my true love and my dedication to you. And he reaches into his pocket and she thinks it's a ring. He goes, it's a gear shift knob off an XKE Jaguar. See, our ideas of demonstrating love is different. So I want to be sure that I'm demonstrating love to God the way God wants me to do that. Love God, love your fellow man. Let's read. And I pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The word there is comforter. It's the word in the Greek called parakletos. It literally means one that will walk alongside of us. I need that. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And I will not leave you orphans or fatherless. I will come to you a little while longer, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live. You will live also. Friends, this is monumentous here. You say, well, why? What's it saying? God desires to live through us. Jesus wants to live his life through you and me. 
That's why the unctions of the Holy Spirit are so important. I don't want to miss those. And you have to always listen to God because there'll be people around you who mean well that saying, oh, that isn't going to happen. Just shut up. No. If God is motivating you to do something, and even if they say it can happen, it won't happen, give it up, you're dreaming, you're, you know, come back into reality. But you feel this unction from God. I'm telling you, friends, listen to Daddy's voice. He's always got a great plan. And that that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me, and I in you. Notice God wants to be in us. Take up residency inside of you and me. That's what being born again is. That's where we have given him permission to come into our life. Now, the reason why God just doesn't come inside of everybody is there's a real problem. What is that? It's called sin. And God does not share his abode with sin. So, When we ask him to forgive our sins, it's like he cleans out our heart so that he then can come in. And by the way, anybody here, if you've ever rented a place or bought a place, and especially if the last people that were in it were kind of trashy, one of the first things you want to do before you move in is you want to get your pine saw out and they're scrubbing the thing down. You know, sometimes they look and oh, you know, we need a new sink. I don't even want to clean that one. Just tear the old one out, you know? We're going to re-gut the whole thing. Well, that's what God does. God comes in because he's a loving God. He knows how quickly to remove certain things and begins his restorative process in our life. He restores us. He restores us. He restores us. And friends, that's not just something of the past. I need to be restored every day. So do you. And really, we think about it for a minute, but if who's fixing you today, if, if it's your idolization of Hollywood with the hypocrites and their little statues saying, I'm a really good hypocrite, I'm a really good actor, um, you might be in trouble because you're identifying and you're patterning a life after something that is not real. But you know, the Bible says here, God wants to live in us. He wants to take up resonance. So Jesus said, when we become born again, we give God permission to come into our life and God begins his refining process. Now I find some of that's really welcome. And I find some of it isn't. Whoa, why is that? Because sometimes I like sin. So God has to do something. God has to do a supernatural spiritual operation. And that's to make me hate sin the way he hates sin. The the problem is I don't always see the end result of what I'm doing. I think it's going to bring happiness and so therefore I enjoy it. Have you ever said this? Boy, if I knew that was going to turn out the way that did, I'd have never done that. Well, wouldn't it be cool if God would give you insight at the end, at the beginning? That'd be really neat, wouldn't it? In other words, you can see into the future and know how a particular event is going to come out. You'd go, boy, I wouldn't do that then. You know, the old, the old saying, hindsight's twenty twenty. Well, imagine having hindsight as foresight. 
you go, boy, I'd never do a lot of this stuff. I thought, ah, you got it. That's what God does. Now, as we read on here, you'll see why. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved of my Father, and I will love him and manifest or reveal myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you would manifest yourself to us and not to everyone or the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, anyone who loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and we, we will come to him and make our home with him. Isn't that cool? God's home is you. I like that. Isn't it interesting? You know, buildings are nice. This is a nice building. But God doesn't live here. Hey, let's go to church on Sunday and see how God's doing. I grew up, oh, nice place you got here, God. You know, that's pretty cool. No, God has chosen to live in you and me. In fact, a lot of people don't even get that. A lot of people in the clergy don't get that. I remember one time I was in a church and I heard the minister pray and he said, Oh, God. As we come into your presence this morning. And I thought, wait a minute. Where have you been that you've been out of the presence of God? In fact, David in the Old Testament says, if I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I go into Sheol, you're there. God, where can I go to get out of your presence? We're always in God's presence. The question might be, do I want to be in God's presence? Well, since God's presence is always around us and he lives in us, do you realize everywhere you and me go, we bring the kingdom of heaven? At least we should. And when we don't, that's where we repent. We say, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, all the way through the Bible, you'll see great men of God do very dumb things. We all do. King David, we look at the Apostle Paul. Um, or maybe I should say Peter, when Paul had to rebuke him because he wouldn't eat within Gentiles. Well, we understand that there's a lot of things that happen. Well, as we look at this here, he says, Jesus said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and we will come and make our home in him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but my father who sent me. Jesus is saying, look, this is what my dad told me to tell you guys. These things I have spoken to you while being present. Now, that means basically I've told you in advance what's going to happen in the future. I'm here with you now, and I'm telling you in the future, Father and me will come and live with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you into remembrance of all the things I said to you. Now, I like that. He will bring everything into your remembrance. Do you know in the Bible, this is something, this may come to a, a mighty revelation for some of you, Jesus never taught the disciples how to preach. And John said, and Jesus said, when you speak, tell the crowds this. No, no, he never did that. What did he teach the disciples. He taught them to pray and to love God. And when that's right, everything else will be right. Thank you for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. 
If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com slash it's time. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thank you for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.